Wake up, West Georgia. It's time for the podcast powered by Coffee and Mountain Dew. The Morning Five with Bryce Sparling and Billy Lindahl. Good morning, West Georgia. Welcome in to the Morning Five podcast. Today is Wednesday, June 22nd. Today is shorter than yesterday, unfortunately. Today's podcast is presented by the Parian Lawyers. Nobody wakes up thinking, man, I hope I hire a lawyer today. But hey, life happens. Don't call one of those big law firms with overused slogans and thousands of billboards. We have a top-notch law firm right here in West Georgia. The Parian Lawyers with offices in Carrollton and Bremen. Personal injury, workman's comp, and everything in between. Find them at callcadenow.com. That's C-A-L-L-C-A-D-E-N-O-W.com. Local lawyers, catchy slogans, a few billboards, big results. Billy, yesterday was the summer solstice, which is the longest day of the year. It's awesome. Unfortunately, the rest of the days of the year will be shorter. Than oh, no. I'm heartbroken. Oh, yeah. I hate it. I hate it. That means uh, that means we get cool weather coming in like three months. I hate it. Yeah. Yes. But what I don't what I don't hate today, Billy, is the national day. Today has two national days that I put on here. National Chocolate Eclair Day. Do you like chocolate eclairs? I do like chocolate eclairs. They are good, 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 good. My mom used to get like frozen chocolate eclairs from Sam's, and I remember getting one one time and trying it. And almost threw up. It was. Uh, Terrible. I can't do the chocolate. Can't do the chocolate. I can do the next national day, though. National Onion Ring Day. I am totally here for National Onion Ring Day. I love onion rings. They are a superior side dish to french fries, and I will die on that hill. Ugh. Nope. Can't do it. Really? Not an onion rings guy. I'm not an onion guy, so anytime I get onions or... Nope. No. Grayson is not a an onion ring person either, and I purposely put onions in every single thing I make and force him to eat it. See, so. I, I knew I liked that kid. Yeah, he hates he hates onions, and I'm like, listen, I'm putting onions and I'm putting uh, tomatoes in everything I cook, and if you don't like it, you can starve. And uh, sometimes sometimes he eats it, sometimes he doesn't. Billy, last night saw an insane amount of runs with the Braves and the Giants. Uh, they do fall, unfortunately, to the Giants 12-10. to 10. I thought we were going to get another uh, streak. Unfortunately, it didn't turn out as well. Man, Spencer Strider had his first bad outing last night. Three and two-thirds yeah. innings pitched, six earned runs, four Ks. That's going to happen in the major leagues. Uh, just sucks, man. Sucks to see Strider uh, kind of struggle like that up there. Yeah, and it's going to happen against good teams, and the Giants are a good team. You have to give them credit. Um, but, you know, the Braves, let's let's put it lightly. The Braves had this game after, I mean, their their starting pitcher didn't last four innings either. Okay, so let's let's put it lightly. The Braves, the Braves played good baseball yesterday, just ended up not winning. Um, you cannot, you cannot give up three earned runs in the bottom or the top of the ninth inning. That's what happened, and yeah, it's just, Colin, Colin McHugh just imploded. Yeah, or uh, yeah, I mean it was Colin McHugh imploded. Darren O'Day had one of the worst lines I think 
I've seen on a pitcher this year. Uh, he went. He, he recorded zero outs, threw 19 pitches, uh, gave up two earned runs, two hits, walked one. It was not a night for the pitchers. I mean, the the Braves and the Giants combined to pitch 12 different pitchers. Uh, so, I mean, as bad as our pitching staff looked yesterday, theirs wasn't any better. And it sucks when you put up 10 runs and your pitching staff can't keep the other team under 10 runs and come away with a win. Uh, Olsen had five RBIs. I guess that's a bright spot. Acuna and Ozuna both with uh, two RBIs. The Braves scored 10 runs last night, Billy, but only had four at-bats with runners in scoring position. I thought that was really, really odd. Yeah, that's a little bit strange but I, I get it and I'm sure Olsen's was with runners in scoring position I think he had a three run bomb um, or somewhere around uh, there he may have only had a two run bomb I believe I believe his was a yeah I believe his was a two run bomb uh, off a of Di Sclafini uh, Duval was on first so okay. yeah yeah, du- yeah Olsen's Olsen's home run was uh, him on first I mean they went one for four last night with runners in scoring position but yeah I I I didn't realize that until I looked at the stats this morning. It just didn't dawn on me. They only had four at-bats with runners in scoring position, but they scored ten runs. I th- thought that was very odd. And uh, What inning was that where the Giants forgot how to play defense? That was later on in the game, like the sixth or seventh inning, somewhere around there, uh, where I felt like they had like two or three errors like right in a row, and they forgot how to play defense. But just couldn't capitalize on it, and it kind of sucks for the Braves. Yeah, and... and... Baseball be like that sometimes, you know what I mean? It's just one of those things. Um, you just have to forget last night and move on to tonight, and hopefully you get a, a dub tonight. So it is what it is. The thing I do like to see, uh, we had we had 10 runs, 9 were earned, so that means the Giants did have some errors. We gave up, the Braves gave up 12 runs last night. All of them were earned. That means we played semi-good defense. I like to see that. A little odd, I guess, bright spot from last night's game. Uh, tonight, 7:20, Morton versus Rodon. Um, it is not going to be on TBS. I believe that is the only game last night that we had all season that is going to be on TBS, which was really, Thank really weird. God, did you watch it on TBS? Yeah, uh, I watched it on uh, Bally. I didn't. I didn't switch over to TBS. Who, who's the? Who are the announcers on TBS? The same people who called the NLCS last year. Uh, Billy, I do not remember who called the NLCS last year. I was well, quite inebriated. Yeah, let's let's just remember uh, a certain Ron Darling was in the booth, and you know, Ron Darling doesn't call a good game for the Braves ever. The only so, thing I remember was the NLCS. Was it Ron Darling that was pulling for the Dodgers like openly yes, in the NLCS? Yes. Uh, okay, I do remember that. Uh, I don't remember much about the NLCS announcing because, like I said, I was quite inebriated for all of those games. But I do remember that guy openly pulling for the Dodgers every single game. <laughs> yeah, I had to remind my father that like this guy screamed into an open microphone that's supposed to be a national unbiased broadcast. Yes, when the Dodgers hit a three-run bomb in the NLCS. And I'm like, dude, you... You can't do that. Thanks for your biased opinion, Ron Darling. Oh, God. Uh, we remained five and a half back of the Mets last night as the Mets did fall. Uh, and I, San Francisco, man, I think once this series is over, I think this is a team that we're probably going to see in the playoffs. This team is really good. They're, they're a very solid uh, team, very well put together. Jock had a home run last night. That was I don't know. That was kind of cool to see. 
Uh, I still yeah, like Jock think... for everything you did here. Yeah. Yeah, I like Jock a lot. Uh, Billy, let's move on to more college football previews. Today we start with the Big 12. We're going to hit up five teams from the Big 12 today and five teams from the Big 12 tomorrow. Uh, today the first team we're going to start off with is Oklahoma State. Last year they had a phenomenal 12-1 season and fell just short of the Big 12 championship. Oklahoma State returns one of the best quarterbacks in the Big 12 with Spencer Sanders coming back after his season last year uh, that saw him eclipse almost 3,500 all-purpose yards when you combine passing and rushing. Oklahoma State saw a lot of losses on the defense, though, Billy, uh, this offseason with their bread and butter. Um, they, they lost their defensive coordinator, Jim Knowles, as most people know, to Ohio State. And they also lost six of their top eight tacklers from last season, including senior linebackers, Malcolm Rodriguez and Devin Harper. Uh, Billy, this is a team that's going to have to really lean on the leadership of Spencer Sanders. Yeah, and it's this team was really fun to watch too. When you when you watched this team last year, it was so much fun to watch. So I'm kind of curious to see what they do with this squad this year because I I think Sanders is a stud, and I can't wait to to really see. It what they do with that that leadership that you mentioned that they're going to have to lean on Sanders and this was a different Oklahoma State team than we've seen in the past you know Oklahoma State teams in the past put up 50 but they might allow 48 uh, that was not yeah. the case this year with Oklahoma State their defense was the number one defense in the entire country uh, and they, they played really stout defense and I think it's going to continue despite the loss of Jim Knowles I think that's uh, kind of what they want their identity to be going forward yeah, I think so too. Who did they get to replace Knowles? Uh, Stevie Steversons. How's that sound? Uh, never will forget Stevie Steversons. Yeah, Stevie Steversons. Uh, I don't know. I'm not real sure. It doesn't say here. But they definitely okay. do not have Jim Knowles because we have him. <laughs> yes, yes, we do. Oklahoma State's counterpart, Oklahoma, uh, after an offseason that saw their head coach leave for USC and then the quarterback, their starting quarterback, follow him to USC. Uh, they also lost 14 starters from last year, eight of them transferring and six to graduation in the draft. Uh, is there any reason for optimism out in Oklahoma? I would say no. Personally, I would say no. But the stats, I think, say otherwise. Oklahoma did bring in 10 kids from the transfer portal as well as hiring first-time head coach Brent Venables, who I am surprised they ripped away from Clemson. Uh, he's kind of been Dabo Swinney's right-hand man at Clemson for, for years. Um, after the departure of Caleb Williams to USC and Spencer Rattler to South Carolina, Oklahoma brought in former UCF quarterback Dylan Gabriel to try and bring stability to that position. Uh, Dylan Gabriel, Gabriel was an absolute stud at UCF last year. And I, I think that's I honestly I think I think Dylan Gabriel could be better than Spencer Rattler obviously was at Oklahoma. I think he could oh, be better than snap. Caleb William was. I mean, oh, I mean Dylan, snap. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel Hot takes was, from Bryce at six Dylan Gabriel in the was morning. A, he was a beast, man. I mean at U at UCF in two plus seasons there, he had over eight thousand yards passing and seventy touchdowns. Uh, this kid is super talented. By the way, uh Derek Mason is their new DC in Oklahoma State, which is Derek Mason, former is Vanderbilt head coach, and he is a phenomenal DC. So I'm 
I'm happy with that. I would be happy with uh, that if I'm an Oklahoma State fan. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good hire. A son to free, obviously. Um, Derek Mason is there. Uh, and on defense for Oklahoma this season, they have some hopes, man. Vettables, who was a defensive guru in Clemson for years, uh, the Sooners see quite a bit of talent returning on the defensive side. Deshaun White, Jalen Redman, Reggie Grimes, and DJ Graham lead a very veteran squad. Uh, I think Oklahoma fans, on paper, have a a lot of reasons to be excited this year. I don't think they're going to be very good this year, but in the coming years, I think Brett Vettables is going to be a good coaching hire, uh, and I, I think he'll he'll get Oklahoma. I, I think it's a good hire because I think Vettables knows how to recruit in the SEC, despite not being in the SEC. He was in Clemson, and that's SEC country. So Oklahoma going to the SEC, I think that's a good hire. I think it's a good hire going forward. I agree, and I think Oklahoma, like you said, may not be good, like, real good this year. Um, they're going to be good, but they're not going to be super good like they have been. Um, but I They're think not going to they be competing be for a national championship. No, not at all. But but a Big 12 championship, I think, is within their reach. Right. Uh, Kansas State, they looked to build off an 8-5 and five season last year that featured a ground-and-pound offense, and the culmination of the offense ended with a victory over LSU in the bowl game. Uh, Kansas State will once again lean heavily on star running back Deuce Vaughn, who was kind of their engine last year for that offense. Former Nebraska quarterback Adrian Martinez looks to bring some balance to an offense that could be quite formidable, honestly, if 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 they can find a nice balance between Deuce Vaughn and, and get that offensive uh, passing game going a little bit. Kansas State returns arguably the best D-line in the Big 12 with Eli Huggins, Felix Anundike-Azuma, Nate Matlek, and Khaled uh, uh, Duke. Their biggest questions on defense will be a young and inexperienced secondary, but the best thing for a young and inexperienced secondary is that D-line getting in the face. Line. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Get, in, get in the face of those quarterbacks, make them make poor decisions, and it makes that young and, young and inexperienced secondary look like a veteran All-American secondary. Right. And... Uh, Kansas State's probably not going to be competing for a Big Ten or Big Twelve title, but they're going to be pretty decent. They're going to compete, especially with uh, Adrian Martinez. You know, Deuce Vaughn's a stud at, at running back. You put a stud quarterback. I think Adrian Martinez has a really good arm, and he's. I think he's a quality State quarterback, fans, man. At yeah. a, as Ohio State fans, we know he can run. We've seen him run all over us. So, yeah. I, I think Adrian Martinez has a lot of a lot of weapons at his arsenal. I'm really surprised he did not get that starting job out in Nebraska. I think we'll, yeah. we'll talk about Nebraska when we get to the Big Ten, but that that program is in quite some disarray. Um, I think I think eight or nine wins, maybe even creeping up to ten wins for Kansas State. I don't believe that's out of the realm of possibility for him this year. Uh, now we move on to West Virginia. Pat McAfee's alum. Well, the season might not be as bright for West Virginia as it is for Kansas State. Uh, they have swum in mediocrity while in the Big 12, uh, going 17 and 18 the last three seasons. I guess the one bright spot for them this year is former Georgia quarterback, former USC quarterback JT Daniels is up there. Looks to compete for the quarterback position between him, Garrett Green, and Will Crowder. I would assume JT Daniels is going to, I would hope JT Daniels is going to win that quarterback battle. Uh, Will Crowder, I believe, is a redshirt freshman, and Garrett Green is a redshirt sophomore. Uh, JT Daniels is a 13th year senior, so I would assume he would win that quarterbacking position up there in West Virginia. 
And if he does and turns it on up there, Billy, are, are the George Bulldog fans going to be a little perturbed that they let JT Daniels go and they still have Stetson Bennett quarterback? No, I don't think so. I think they're happy with their national championship, man. <laughs> West Virginia also has to replace stud running back Letty Brown. Uh, Tony Mathis and Justin Johnson look to be the leaders right now to replace him. It might be a uh, 1A and 1B backfield. Uh, but they have a long way to go, man, to fill the void. Letty Brown was an over 100-yard rusher last year, so that's a, that's a massive void they have to fill. On defense, West Virginia does return all Big 12 D-tackles, Dante Stills and Akeem Mesidor, but fail to provide any excitement in the linebacking core or the secondary. Uh, so they are going to have some studs in the middle there. They're not going to be able to run up the middle on West Virginia, but on the ends, secondary and linebacking core for the defense for West Virginia it is quite thin, so it is probably going to be a long season for West Virginia fans once again, unfortunately. Sorry, and to Pat. Ra- yeah, sorry, Pat, dude. It's a long long season once again. Uh, and to wrap up the Big 12 preview for today, we've got the Texas Tech Red Raiders. The Red Raiders have little to look forward to on the offensive side of the ball this year. Tyler Show has shown that he has a cannon for an arm at quarterback for the Red Raiders, but he doesn't have a lot of accuracy. Uh, I know a lot of NFL scouts scouts like him just for the strength of his arm, but the accuracy and the smarts under center are not something you want to see play on Sundays. On defense, the Red Raiders look to have one of the best uh, secondaries in the Big 12 with the return of Dadrian Taylor-Demerson, Reggie Pearson Jr., and Marquise Waters. Uh, But overall, the Texas Tech Red Raiders are probably going to finish somewhere near the bottom of the Big 12. Yeah, they're not going to be good. No, not at all. No, they're they are not. Uh, they're not. They're not going to be good. There's haves and there's have-nots in the Big Twelve, and the Texas Tech Red Raiders are the have-nots. No doubt. Let's get to the Hawks. Yeah, we got some big trade rumors, Billy. The draft tomorrow night, and stuff is swirling. Where there's smoke, there's fire. Uh, I have heard trade rumors about Clint Capella, John Collins, and Kevin Herter. They are all likely candidates, in my opinion, to be traded. Uh, a trade involving John Collins and Kevin Herter for the number four picked in the draft seems to be the hottest rumor at the moment, and I would assume that trade would be to trade up to draft Jordan Ivy, the Purdue guard. That's that's your guy, right? That's that's yeah, the guy you I want. love love Jaden Ivy. I think he is going to be a a day one stud impact player. Okay. So I would I would not be. It depends on it depends on who we get back because if we trade it, I believe we have to get somebody back just because of salaries. Uh, so trading trading uh, Kevin Herter and John Collins for the number four pick overall, not going to be too upset about that. Um, if we trade Clint, I'm also not going to be upset about that because I think we can bring Okongwu in. Right now, the Hawks have said Trey, uh, DeAndre Hunter, and Okongwu are the only untouchables, and the Hawks are going to make an assertive effort next year to get Okongwu more playing time. Uh, so seeing Clint Capella or John Collins leave could open up the floor for Congo to play the four or the five next year. Uh, the Hawks did have a trade framework uh, for Jer- uh, Jeremiah Grant for Bogdan Bogdanovich and the number 16 draft pick, but it fell through. Uh, the Hawks and Pistons, I don't believe, could come to terms. They did have that trade sort of already in the banks, but they just couldn't, I believe, some of the some of the money aspects and future picks and stuff, they couldn't come to an agreement. So where there's smoke, there's fire. There's a lot of smoke right now out of the Hawks front office about trades. 
Um, and we took a poll on the Morning 5 uh, Twitter yesterday to see, hey, do you think that um, John Collins is going to be on the squad? What did, you, what did you say, Billy? Do you think John Collins will be on the squad after, uh, after this week is over? Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I voted no, and, and right now uh, we have 60% no, 40% yes. So, you know, if he is, if he is, I'm excited. If he's not, I'm excited for the players we bring in. Uh, I have faith in this Hawks front office, man. Whatever they do, I think they're going to they're gonna do it right. I do too. All right, uh, and we'll keep you up to date on, on the Hawks rumors and stuff uh, on our social media. So if there's any big trades that happen, we will let you guys know. Uh, first through social media, then through uh, – the morning five tomorrow or Friday. Uh, let's get to the Marine South scoreboard. Uh, we didn't have anything going on last night, so we're going to run down some scores from the NL East. Rockies lost to the Marlins nine to eight last night. Uh, Nationals beat the Orioles three to nothing. Those were the only two teams in the NL East that won last night. Um, so they're both below the Braves by a good margin. Uh, the Rangers beat the Phillies seven to nothing, and as Bryce mentioned, the Mets did lose to the Astros last night eight to two. So the Braves still remain five and a half back. We're still, I think, three and a half games up or three games up on the Phillies, and um, we are up, up, up big against the Nationals and Marlins both. So, that, yeah, whoops, yep. Uh, games and events tonight. Uh, game four for the Stanley Cup final. Avalanche versus Lightning is at 8 p.m. tonight. You can find that Let's on go ABC. Uh, so hopefully the this game will be good for Tampa Bay because I just want a good series. So if it goes back to Colorado, I want a seven. Two, I want a game two, seven. Yeah, it's been too good to watch. So if we can go back to uh, Colorado game five, tied 2-2 I'd be happy yeah give me a game 7 I want a game 7 Bill you need another cup of coffee man you know it let's hit it up Uh, we're going to start off with some sad news former Purdue standout and trailblazer and king player Caleb Swanigan dies at the age of 25 Um, do you know what the cause of death was for him no I have not been able to find anything all they said was he's he passed away I haven't either, and I've seen some recent pictures of him, and uh, he's he's blown up, man. He's, he's not taking care of his body. So thoughts and prayers out to all of his uh, friends and family, former teammates. Uh, it's never easy. Uh, 25 years old, man, that's uh, that's rough. That's, that's super rough. Um, the FINA, the International Swimming Federation, has banned transgenders from competing in, women, in women's swimming. Uh, so that'll be that'll be something to watch for. That's always that was, that's always interesting to see what. Um, well, it was after what happened in the I think the NCAA ooh. tournament, right? Right, she, and that swimmer was where Yale. Oh crap! I don't remember where that swimmer is now. But they but they that'll, that'll be interesting to see. She competed what it does. in the in the women's competition and won. Um, but Fina is saying that you can't do that anymore. Uh, they did say, however, you can compete in there as a transgender if you start transitioning before the age of 12. Jesus, that is a slippery slope, man. That is. 
I, I want I want nothing to do with any of those rules or <laughs> allegations yeah, or anything good luck like with that. 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 Yeah, that is that is a slippery slope that is not going to end well. I can guarantee you that. Uh, the Hawks have four games currently scheduled on the NBA Summer League. Uh, 7-9, 7-11, 7-12, 7-14. Uh, I will look and see if we can get a roster away. for you. Yeah, it's not far away. I'll see if we can get a roster for you. I was looking forward to Jalen Johnson playing in this, but he's not going to be playing in it because of injury slash surgery. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what team we roll out. I love the Summer League because you get to see a lot of younger guys get a chance to play with some some NBA vets go out there and play in the Summer League. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see. Uh, it's always it's always fun. It's always good because you get these young guys out there that want to impress and prove that they can be in the NBA squad. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Billy, the yeah, LIV guys, tour? Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to say this because Bryce is on top of this and Bryce is, has been on top of this. So if you guys pay attention to the Morning Five, which I hope you do. If you're listening, you should. <laughs> Bryce, mentioned this, Bryce mentioned this last week, said this was going to happen. And sure enough, yesterday it was announced. Brooks Kepta announced that he's leaving the PGA Tour for the Live Tour. Bryce called this last week, guys. He said it was going to happen. He said that Brooks was going to leave. Bryce is just Nostradamus at this point. So, you know, hey, uh, just pay attention. I'm sort of, I'm sort of, uh, uh, let's see, I'm sort of tapped in to, to the golf news. Um, the other the other rumors I have heard I did hear the Colin Moore Cower stuff um, which he vehemently rejected on Twitter yesterday so I don't know what's going on yeah, there I've also heard Scott Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland are also the other big names that the LIV Dude, tour is supposed Scheffler to be leaves as the number one player in the world right now <laughs> yeah yeah and and Patrick Cantlay also is rumored but I haven't heard any like firm rumors on that but I have heard pretty firm rumors. I, I thought I thought the Colin Morikawa stuff was going to happen yesterday. I thought that was a done deal, um, but he he came out on Twitter and pretty much said no. That's that's not it. But yeah, Scotty Scheffler and Victor Hovland are the next two golfers that I have heard um, that are that are going to switch over to the LIV tour and the PGA tour. I believe today their commissioner is having a press conference to address all the players leaving the PGA Tour. Uh, and the rumor right now is they are going to have eight events, either eight or five events at the end of the year um, that will take the top 50 FedEx Cup ranking players and put them in a three-day no-cut tournament, uh, just like some other tournament does, the LIV Tour. Imagine so this, this is getting good, man. This is... Uh, I, I know if you're in the PGA or if you're in the LIV, it's a, it's a rat race and you're going out against each other and you're fighting each other and, and you're you know, trying to get every single inch of real estate. But for the consumer, for us, for the people that watch golf, for the people that love golf, this is absolutely fantastic, Billy. You could not ask for more than two companies competing for eyes and competing for views. It just makes for a better product. Dude, for me, it... All the PGA Tour commissioners are going to be like, you stop leaving the PGA. <laughs> <laughs> that's all the that's all the press conference is going to be. <laughs> stop leaving. <laughs> I'll be I'll be interested to see because the PGA Tour is a tour that in an organization that is very old school in their thinking. Um, so it'll be interesting, and I, I feel like golf is moving into a new era uh, with with kind of the swagger and the way a lot of people play and the players we have on the tour and the way. A lot of young people think about golf. It's not your granddad's tour anymore. It's not your granddad's sport anymore. There's, 
there's music on the course. There's you know flamboyant outfits being worn out there. There's people having fun. It's not the old waspy mothball golf that we knew back in the you know, 70s and 80s. So careful. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm just saying it, it's a it's a different type of sport now. Um, and some people might not like that, but you know, it, it is what it is. And the, I think the LIV golf tour is here to stay and I'm excited to see what they do. This next news. I'm a little bit surprised about, um, honestly, I, I am too. <laughs> uh, Rob Gronkowski retired yesterday. Yeah. And for now. I'm surprised. I'm surprised at that. Like, yeah. Mm. I, I, what's this? The third time he's retired. I don't know. Fourth. I don't know. I, I he'll, he'll come back. I think he'll, uh, Take half the season off. Tampa Tom will call him halfway through the season. Hey, Rob, you want to come play some football? Yeah, I'll come play some football. I got nothing else going on. <laughs> and then he'll go down there and win. A, I absolutely love Rob, Rob Gronkowski. He might be my favorite football player of all time. Uh, so he'll, he'll, he'll be back in pads this year before the end of the season. Mark my words. He'll be back in pads <laughs> before the end of the season. <laughs> and finally today in 1990, the, <laughs> the Atlanta Braves replaced manager Russ Nixon with General Manager Bobby Cox. Um, I, th- I want to say that was a good move. I'm going to go you with know? an A-plus there. Yeah. If we were going to grade that like we do draft grades, I'm going to go ahead and say that Bobby Cox hiring A-plus Braves. Good job. That turned out really well. <laughs> yeah. Tear Billy, board. you get anything else to add for today, man? Nah, I'm good, man. All right. Let's get out of here on this hump day. Everybody have a fantastic day. We will see you tomorrow. Same time, same place. Shake your neighbors. Just shake them. Shake your neighbors.